0: Welcome to Small Stories About Big Things. I'm your host, Bobby Holm Lippert, and each week we are committed here to discovering a little bit more about life, one story at a time. This week's story is entitled, Stuck in the Waiting Room. I recently spent an early morning hour in the waiting room of a pathology lab. My right leg bounced up and down on the brown tile ceramic floor while my eyes stayed glued to my phone rather than the overly small pastel-colored prints meant to give the bare walls a semblance of welcome. Finally, the summons. Robert! I stood up from among a dozen or so others in the waiting room and made my way back to the area where they had me sit next to a stack of plastic vials, elastic bandages, and assorted labels. How are you doing this morning? The nurse asked as I sat. Doing fine. Fine. Sorry for the wait. We'll have you out shortly. Sounds good. Quick. Matter of fact, keep the ball moving. Speak. Oh, well, I rolled up my sleeve and prepared for the poke that would draw blood. Oh, she mumbled. Forgot something. She darted off and another nurse came in to grab something from a drawer. The second nurse began, oh, hi. Sorry. I don't think she expected to see a patient in the area where I was seated. This time I offered the question. How's the morning going? That's when I saw her eyes. Even with a mask covering most of her face, I could tell her eyes were full. Of something. Stress, maybe? It's been a morning, she offered. I almost completed her sentence in the way I expected it to go. Another uh, busy start to the day, huh? Before I could complete what I assumed to be the issue, she went on. My little one had surgery. Oh my. My mind flashed to my own two sons. How old? He's ten. Older than both of mine, but I am confident little one is the age all parents report when their child of any age is having surgery. It's been all night and day, she went on. I didn't know what she meant by that last sentence. The surgery? The worry? The lack of sleep? But after that sentence, she offered a brief exhale. Her fearful eyes left mine, and she walked back to whatever duty she had elsewhere in the moment. Most of life feels like a waiting room. That is surely not the beautiful, amazing, expansive place we've dreamed of being. It's too drab. Too plain. Even the pastel-colored accomplishments and possessions we do seem to have at this point uh, are just pedestrian, cliche, certainly could be bigger. And then we hum through our many work and life routines with a quick and polite cadence. We can go whole days surfing across life with a quick matter-of-fact way of being because, of course, we're moving towards somewhere greater. The problem is this. Every wondrous escape we imagine is an illusion. Because even if we get there, guess who will be there? We will. And if we are currently the kind of person ever dissatisfied with the drab, less-than-perfect pastels that comprise our current reality right now, We are the kind of person who will show up to a gorgeous banquet and find ourselves soon leg-bouncing and dream-scrolling about how we might eventually get somewhere greater. Sometimes, though, sometimes something breaks through our surface. It may be the genuine question of another, or the fearful news regarding the diagnosis. It may be the wholehearted cries or deep laughter of another. Or it may be the honest eyes of a nurse carrying the soul of her son. Whatever it is, it pricks into our life stream and runs directly toward the place called soul. It feels like waking up. Even if the reality we're now processing feels bigger than words can express. And when those moments happen, we can be certain of one thing. Our vitals are now coming back into good working order. The prick brings us into the only moment we have and the only one that is guaranteed. The moment of now. The prick also helps make vividly clear the only kind of color we actually long to have in this life. The tapestry woven when life connects with life. Indeed, by way of a prick, the nurse stopped my bouncing leg. By way of a prick, I was invited to hold a bandage on her wound. If only for a few seconds, and only by way of my eyes reflecting back a parent's concern. And by way of a prick, the two of us could feel quite fully how finite, fearful, and beautiful the life stream we are given. And the life streams and to us. Has life had any of that waiting room feel these recent days? How would you describe the place or people or situation where, you know, it would be really great if we could just get through it and move on to the next thing? And what if the fastest way out of the current drab is paradoxically fully embracing the current drab as somehow the space where fresh color resides? What if we could start treating our waiting room as the room of life, where the banquet is somehow already unfolding? And what if we looked around the room to see who else was there with us without assuming we could complete their sentence? For it may be that through them, we receive a fresh prick. Or maybe that because we have a fresh awareness of the kind of colors we want on the walls of our life, that we ourselves step across the drab room and ask a question, or share, or take action. The room changes when such things happen. So too do the people in the room. Indeed, an hour after I was pricked, I took our two-year-old to a doctor's appointment. Fever sore throat. The visit took an entire hour, which proved ample time to bury the phone deep into my jacket pocket and hold his warmth close to me. Thank you for listening to another small story about big things. If you've enjoyed this story or others, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Those really do help get these stories out and about. Thank you again.